morning, this is Pastor Reginald J. Houston, founder of In the Bag Ministries and pastor of Johnson Chapel, African Methodist Episcopal Church in Fort Worth, Texas, the lovely Lake Como area. We greet you in Jesus' joy. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. Oh, magnify the Lord with me. Let us, not a one-man show, let us exalt his name together. If you have your book, the book, if you have your Bible with you, turn to the book of Job, chapter 1. Let us pray. Oh God, our help in ages past, our hope for years to come, our shelter, stormy blasts, and our eternal home. For the hills in order stood, or earth received a frame. Everlasting thou art God, to endless years the same. Our faith looks up to thee, thou Lamb of Calvary, Savior divine. Now hear me when I pray, take all my sins away. Oh, let me from this day be wholly divine. Oh God, we thank you for the, your miraculous ways that you've worked in the past, blessing as only you can. We thank you for our life. We thank you for our family of faith that continues to be a beacon of hope and strengthening testimony of not our, but your love and caring. Help us this morning to keep in our hearts your love and compassion for the church, for the community, and for our love of ministry and above all help us to remember your power and faithfulness in times of grief when we can only see trouble and difficulty lord teach us to love with the love of christ jesus that others may see your grace reflected in our care and concern for them may your love drive and dominate our desire to always show compassion, mercy, and joy being in the household of faith. So many times we folk can't tell we're Christians because we're frowning. But give us the joy that passes all understanding. Lord, for the blessing of your grace, we are forever grateful. And because of your death and resurrection, we can boldly approach God without fear, simply because God's penalty for sin has been satisfied. Have your way this morning in this word. Help us to see Job in another light. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Just a few verses from the book of Job, chapter 1. I think I'll start reading it. Verse 8. Job 1, 8. And the Lord said unto Satan, Hast thou considered my servant Job, that there is none like him in the earth, a perfect and upright man, one that feareth God and, and, and avoids evil? Then Satan answered the Lord and said, Doeth Job fear God for naught, for nothing? Has not thou made a hedge about him and about his house and about all that he hath on every side? Thou hast blessed the works of his hands and its substance is increased in the land. But put forth thine hand now, and touch all that he has, and he will curse thee to thy face. 
The Lord said to Satan, Behold, all that he had is in thy power. Only upon himself put not forth his hand. Put forth thine hand. For the time that is allotted unto me, I won't hold you long. The Lord say the same. I want to talk about the setback that was a comeback in disguise. The setback that was a comeback in disguise. Pray with me as we walk a piece of the way home through the scripture. We're living, my brothers and sisters, in a very challenging time. If you believe it, say amen. I really don't know where you are sitting in your situation, but where, from where I stand, it seem, just seems to me that occasionally all of us, all of us, have become overwhelmed with caustic COVID challenges and carnal wishy-washy ways that confronts us both coming in and going out. We have all faced problems relating to money and marriage. Problems that revolve around parenting and pride. We've all faced carnal complexities that pushed us to the very brink of despair and defeat. Many of us, if not most, have stood clueless at the chasm of calamity, implicated and caught unawares by illness and infirmities. Every now and then we got to get to the place where we're sick and tired of being sick and tired. Many of us, if not most, have been seized and served notice by stress, death, and grief. I know I'm standing on somebody's porch this morning. Now, if I haven't rang your doorbell yet, stay with me. Say what you will or may. We are living in challenging times. Now, the social media and signs of, our, of times point to the fact that we're experiencing a lack of finances or limited money circulation. However, the government is printing new money right in our backyard in North Fort Worth. Therefore, the shortage is not due to a lack of big head presidents on green paper. The word reveals that there is a famine in the land. And the prophet Amos proclaims that our lack is not a famine of bread or a thirst of water, but of hearing and heeding the word of the Lord. I'm not making it up. Amos chapter 8, verse 11. Amos declares in that day, people will stagger everywhere from sea to sea, searching for the word, running here and going there, but they will not find it. Verse 12. That's why God is giving to the church and beyond to all who will listen and heed a word that profiles folk, both biblical and contemporary, who have battled back and overcame great odds, not just to survive, but to thrive in adversity. Can I tell you that surviving feeds our testimony, but thriving fuels our faith? Did not Jesus say himself, I have come that you may have life and have it more abundantly? John 10 and 10. Does not the word say, I pray above all things that you may prosper and be in health, good health, even as thy soul prospers? 3 John 2. You see, my friends, if you are not seeing prosperity in your life, you really need to stop blaming God or the church or the preacher. 
Yes, it's time to take inventory and ask ourselves a few riveting and revealing questions. One, am I utilizing all of the time and talent God has given to me in such a way that God gets all the glory? Am I putting God first and seeking the kingdom and his righteousness? Or am I just sitting around letting my talent rust and collect dust, expecting God to channel and blow blessings in my life? Well, permit me to push pause and tell you that there are principles that govern God's kingdom that must be, watch this, activated by faith, which means that you must first believe that it can happen even before it happens and give God the glory for the happening. Oh, don't miss that. First, believe that God really is a rewarder to them that diligently trust him and seek him. That's why the Bible says, trust in the Lord. And lean not to thine own understanding in all of thy ways. Acknowledge him and he shall direct thy path. That's why, my friends, the Bible says, bring all your tithes into the storehouse, that there may be meat in mine house. And prove me not. Now, then, said the Lord of hosts, if I will not open the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing, that you shall not have room to receive it. Malachi 3 and 9. Kingdom principles. Draw nigh to God and he will draw nigh to you. James 4 and 8. Give, and it shall be given unto you. Pressed down, shaken together, running over, shall God give the Holy Spirit unto you. Note here, this does not mean that if you come to church, God's blessings will flow automatically in your life. That's what some of these Pharaoh churches teach. If you hold your mouth a certain way, if you memorize 10 scriptures, you can walk in financial prosperity, but not so. Not so. You still have to do something. You still have to face life's challenges. Still have to trust in him who will not leave you. You can't earn God's blessings simply blessings because the Bible declares it is not by works lest we boast. But you can activate them and feel the breeze that God blows them into your life. I submit to you that Johnson Chapel and the, and the, the church where you attend needs to go from setback to comeback, from tragedy to triumph. For our journey is synonymous with Deuteronomy's bald eagle that stirred its necks. About 50 years ago, the bald eagle, the symbol of America, was almost wiped out and on the verge of defeat. The insecticide DDT caused the eggs, eggshells to become thin and fragile, and many eaglets died. But the good news, the eagle has experienced a turnaround and gone from extinction back to distinction. And that's what we have to do as a people, as a nation, and as a church. There was a time when major leaders of our community were nurtured in the faith right here at the church where we are. Neighborhood schools and streets all, all around the city benefited and named after fathers of faith that worship in the very pews and very seats that you're sitting but it looks like we've gone from distinction to near extinction. There was a time when we were struggling and there, was, there is a time that we are struggling week to week and month to month, working and praying just to keep the doors open. We need to go from setback to bounce back, to come back. We need to return to the landmarks of our fathers and go from extinction to distinction. I know I'm right about it, because let me just profile this doing Black History Month. Let me just profile 
a few people in the Bible and see if we, we know some of them to show that it's not just probable, it really involves kingdom principles of sowing and reaping, giving and receiving, seed time and harvest. Prophet Jonah found himself in, the in an underwater hotel in the belly of a whale. But the Lord made the whale sick of Jonah. And before he finished praying, the whale spewed him out so that he could finish his assignment. That's called a bounce back. And sometimes if you bounce back, you can make a comeback. Bible says Naomi lost every, uh, just about everything. Her husband died and left her a widow. Her sons died 10 years later and left her two daughter-in-laws. No money in a strange land. Yet the book of Ruth teaches that you, can never, you, you are never too old to make a comeback. For Ruth testified, where you go, I will go. Your people shall be my people and your God shall be my God. Naomi and Ruth goes from being gleaners of Boaz's field to becoming Boaz's wife and owning the whole field. Here's another. The prodigal son lost everything. He parted away his inheritance with so-called friends. He found himself touching rock bottoms, slopping hogs, and desiring to eat the shucks that the swine did eat. Luke chapter 15. But if the lost son can teach the church anything, we can learn that we can always crucify pride, get up, and go back to folk who loves us. The father is not only waiting, but looking every day for his child to come home. And that's why the story of Job is significant in these last days. For Job lost his wealth, lost his health, lost his children. He lost his wealth and children on the same day. One day he had everything, but the next day he had lost everything and had nothing. Job found himself with sores all over his body, sitting in a hash on an ash heap, using ashes to keep the flies away. One day he had everything, but the next day he was looking at nothing. Nothing but a wife who said that his, his breath smelled, smelled bad and he needed to gargle with some Listerine. He had four friends trying to figure out what sins he had committed. But Job can teach the church how to go from setback to comeback. For in spite of all he was going through, Job did not allow his condition to overshadow his position of trusting in the Lord. Job did not allow his condition to overshadow his position of trusting in the Lord. For Job testified and said, though he slay me, yet will I trust him all the days of my appointed time will I wait till my change come. Job chapter 14. If you keep on believing, walking by faith and not by sight, God will strengthen you to understand his kingdom principle that says, all things work together for good to them that love God and are called according to his purpose. He's really working it out for you right now. God can take this church. God can take you as a listener and the worshipers inside his will to an expected end. We must learn not only to worship between the walls, but to worship within his will. And we can go from tragedy to triumph, from lack to luxury, from bottom to top, and from the tail to the head. God can turn the track field around just for you. And the dead last will be closer to the finish line. I know that is only a few of us, and it looks like we are 
playing from behind, but let's make a comeback. Let's make a comeback. The Bible has a way of saving a remnant willing to wait for a change to come. Isaiah says, the Lord of hosts left a small, very small remnant. Isaiah 1, 9. Ezekiel 6 and 8 says, yet will I leave a remnant. Jeremiah records, yet a small number, a remnant, shall know whose words shall stand, mine or theirs. Jeremiah 44, 28. Well, I told you some more folk in the, that, that's not in the Bible, but their witness is. Let me profile a little, a little folk not in the Bible per se. Mary J. Bly was abandoned by her father at four, raped by a family friend at five, dropped out of school in the 11th grade, but she went from singing in church to singing at the Apollo and now has over 10 Grammy Awards. Mary J. Bly went from setback to comeback. Can you walk a little further? Not just a black thing. Susan Ball was the youngest of 10 children. Her father was a Scottish coal miner. She was diagnosed, diagnosed with uh, attention deficit, deficit, deficit disorder. Couldn't get it out. A, a, a learning disability. She was bullied by classmates and called Susie Simple. Yet God has a reputation of taking a plain Jane that school says can't learn and give them a voice to sing. And they will become the biggest album seller in the world in, in one year. Ophrey Winfrey was labeled illegitimate, born of an unmarried teenage mother, raped at age nine, became pregnant at age 14, so poor in rural Mississippi that her grandmother made her a dress out of burlap or potato sacks. But from these tragic beginnings, God raised her up from burlap to billions of dollars. I tell you, there's no secret what God can do. What he's done for others, he'll do for you. He has no respect of persons. Wait a minute, we don't have to leave the city limits of Lake Como to testify about comeback. Some folk want to give devil credit and call the series of pastoral appointments to, the, to, the, to our church that has a short tenure of time an AME meltdown, where a bishop's godly judgment appears to be a lack of judgment, but not so. It was a testament that shows how against insurmountable odds, if a team plays with the letters, like the letters mean, T-E-A-M, together everyone achieves more. Sometimes you, when you least expect it, the impossible happens. A handful of people who God left alive to see this day employed a kingdom principle. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. A handful of people initiate the principle that a grain of mustard seed, faith can move mountains. Here we are today believing that the church is on the verge going from setback to bounce back to comeback. You see, comebacks prove that no matter what your problem or background, no matter where you are, where you are from or the mistakes you have made, it's possible to stage a comeback if you put God first and apply kingdom principles, even when things look hopeless and you are, get, you are against a great odd. When you trust in him, lean not to your own understanding. He will, I say he will, direct your path. I gotta close this. Of a skull-shaped hill, a carpenter hangs from a blood-soaked cross. The odds are all against him. The deck is stacked against him. He is directly behind the eight ball, for time is running out. Time is running out. Surviving was not an, ever an option. For it said, for this purpose came I into the world, to give my life 
as a ransom for me. He died on Calvary's cross, wounded for our transgressions, bruised for our iniquities. He died to give mankind, mankind a right to the tree of life. But talk about comeback. I say, talk about comeback. The disciples had all given up on him. He hung on the cross and felt forsaken. Hell, death, and the grave were the only other team that to make sure Jesus did not win. But talk about a comeback against all odds. But no one expected that something happened in a bar or two. Early that third day morning, Jesus stood up to stoop no more. He rose from the dead for believing reasons. He got up not just to get us out of trouble, but to keep us out of trouble. He got up not just to put us on the right road, but to keep us on the right road. He got up not just to clean us up, but to help us stay cleaned up. He got up not just to get us to live right, but to help us to keep on living right. He got up not just to get our priorities straight, but to make sure the, ho the hot comb of the Holy Ghost will keep our priorities straight. Early that third day morning, Jesus made a comeback that no one saw coming. He came back to straighten out that was crooked. The setback made things empty, but he came back to feel that which was empty. He, the, the, the setback had made things fall apart, but he came back to lift up those who had fallen. He came back to wash up those who were dirty. He came back to build up those who were weak. He came back to pick up all those who had, who had been knocked down. He came back for you. He came back for me. Say what you will and may, but the devil is a liar. And he's got one more comeback again. He's coming back to receive those who trust in him to the end. I heard him say, I am the resurrection and the life. Though you be dead, yet shall you live, and whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die. The setback, there was a comeback in disguise. May God bless you. May God keep you. It's pastor's prayer for you. Amen and amen.